0: Thank you, Nia. Good morning, everyone. Um, and I still get uh, nervous. I guess it's a good thing. I thought I would start with a story this morning. Uh, the title of the message is I'm a child of the father. And I was, um, as we were worshipping, I, I was taken back to a time when I was growing up, from as far back as I can remember. I grew up in the church. My great-grandfather was a pastor and evangelist, and my grandfather was an elder and a deacon in the church, and my father was a pastor. So there was a lot of church and church in our house. Um, and my dad also worked for the government at the time the government of Zululand, and so he worked in the town where the church that we were part of, and we were quite strict about being, you know, going to the church that's, you know, that we are part of, we didn't just visit other churches. It didn't exist in the town where we grew up, so what my dad would do is we would have house church. I just didn't know it was house church at the time, but we'd have house church at home, and a few other families that also worked in the same town who were part of this church would come and, you know, and have church with us at home and I was the worship leader. Um, they used to call it just leading choruses, but it was actually worship leading. Anyways, twice a year would go to church conferences, for, I mean, like probably from as I was the age high. I just remember how my sister who comes after me and I would get naughty in these conferences. So the conference would start, you have 30 minutes of high praise. Like, you know, a lot of clapping dancing, and dancing. And then announcements is nearly good for us here. But then you would have a time of worship. Now, um, this choir master would come up and take the mic and he would start a song kind of like, Hallelujah. <laughs> and now it's quiet in the room. And, uh, and he had a strong voice. And, um, you know, he was a choir master. And then the spirits would then start moving in the house, in, you know in, in the room and it's called the house. And as the spirit starts moving then something would happen and people would start praying out loud. But my sister and I found it it was such a fun thing to watch the grown ups in that moment. <laughs> and how they would start changing and how they would pray. I mean we just like would look forward to this worship moments. And so some of them, obviously, as, you know, as, as a child, you're know, the standing next to your mom or, or next to a grown-up relative or anything like that. So they would go from clapping in high praise to, Oh! Hallelujah! <laughs> <are you> <laughs> and uh, my sister can actually do it proper than, than I can do it. <laughs> and, 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 and I see love to this day when when she starts imitating her. But but you watch this growing up, and uh, I think somehow it marked me, it marked me that, um, you know, the spirit does come, and uh, and the grown-ups that normally, I mean, I think of myself in worship, I'm often, know often find me carrying a cup of coffee, you know, in one hand, one hand, half in my pocket, and I'm kind of staring and gazing into space, um, you know, that kind of person can move from that kind of posture to a posture where... They are beside themselves. They are completely unaware of, of themselves and of their makeup, if they're wearing makeup or whatever. They're just in the presence of God, you know, and, um, and just moving uncontrollably. But as a child in that space, I, I looked at it and I, I watched it. And yes, it tickled me, but um, I think I learned a lot. I mean, fast forward to my, I think it must have been my second year at varsity. Um, we were praying, we, we were having a night of prayer, and one of the leaders walked into the room the leaders of our church at the time, and they started praying in tongues, and I discovered that now as a as a 19 year old the thing that um, my, my passion for laughing was people are praying and watching and listening to their prayers and laughing at it evolved to listening to how when people pray in tongues sound different you know, have you noticed that um the way your tongues don't sound the same as the person next to you. But have you ever been in a room with someone who starts praying in tongues and you just can't help but laugh because it just really sounds funny? <laughs> have you ever been or, or, or am I the only one who's like naughty? Anyways, I I just find it, you know, sometimes I keep quiet and just listen to the people around me when they pray in tongues, and I just can't help but chuckle because I'm like, this just funny so. Anyways, I also used to laugh at people uh, from KZN. I'm, I'm from KZN. When I listen to them, when I'm listening to the news at night, I've been living in Cape Town since 1996. So I've been, you know, away from KZN for long. I'm 45 now, for longer than uh, when I spend time there. So I, I, I think I'm a proper Cape now. You know, I, I listen to Capetonians speaking, you know, speaking, and I listen to their accents in my head. I think I sound like I sound like this person. Um, and I listen to people from I'm watching the news and I laugh at, 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 at how they sound, until one day, um, you, know, you know, someone had, had been telling me, you know, I was, I was reading a book actually, I think it was Talk, Talk Like Ted or something like that, and it talks about how you ought to listen to, 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 to your own recordings, if you're a speaker, to figure out how to improve. Uh, on your public speaking and, and all that. So I thought, okay, maybe this is a good thing. Let me listen to one of my preaches, and, uh, and I started listening, and I'm like, you will not believe it, so I'm like, i like, I can't believe. I sound exactly like the, person, the people I love with. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're wondering what my accent um, is from, I mean, I, it, it sounds funny to me too when I listen to myself, so you yeah, are welcome to laugh But I've laughed at people a lot. Especially when they are praying. <laughs> and this story has got something to do with what we are about to, to, to go through today. Um, actually, let me just go into it. This. This, this, um, this, this message that I'm preaching today is based on the identity series. Um, and Ephesians 1 actually, I mean I think we've gone through about 8 weeks already or something like that. We've carved up so much from this chapter of the book of Ephesians. But it's actually mostly written as a prayer and as a praise giving. And so basically we are getting a window into Paul's prayer here and him giving praise to God. And out of that we preached all these sermons. And so there is something about when we pray that those around us can actually also learn and grow from the way that we do it or from the words that um you know proceed from, from our mark. So as fun as it is, that as a Child growing up, or as a 19-year-old, I was listening and laughing at others' prayers. But guess what was happening at the time as well? I was watching and learning how to pray, how to abandon myself in the presence of God, and how not to care how I sound like and how I look like, and just go for it. So there's a lot that you can learn um, through through the prayers of others um, in the room. And so that's basically what we're doing today. We are learning about God as the Father from the prayers and praise giving of, um, of, of, of Paul the Apostle. Isn't that amazing? So I pray that God would, be, would come and be with us and, um, and the Spirit of God as Paul prays as well in this chapter would really reveal to us the true heart of the Father. And, I have, and I'm, I'm praying that even as I preach this word to us as a community that we will receive this word for, for, for ourselves as individuals. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, um, I want to focus on, on verse 17 as I start off, but I just thought it should be good to, to let me not do that because I've taken all the time by telling the stories. I was going to read the whole chapter. Uh, well, from one from verse 1 to verse 17, but I won't do that. I'm going to read verse 17. Ephesians 1 verse 17. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Wow. 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 I mean those words really hit me hard. So that you may know him better. So Paul's heart and Paul's desire as he's praying this prayer, as he's praying that we will be filled with more of the Holy Spirit, is so that we may know God better. Is so that we may know the Father better. And this is my prayer this morning, that we may know Him better. That you may know God better. That I may know God better. Amen. And there's no end to knowing God. You know, I pray that I may know him better today than I knew him yesterday, and tomorrow better yet than I know him today. I've already said that this chapter is written mostly in the form of a prayer. And there's so much that can be revealed through our prayers and praises. So it is important then that we 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 think about. We think about, Lord, how far does my knowledge of you go? What are the things that I, that I embrace about you? What are the areas where the Spirit helped me grow in my knowledge of you as my Father? Coming back to my final stories at the beginning, I, in a more serious way, I learned about God as as my father through the prayers of my own mother. You know, I I as I watched my mom pray, as I listened to her prayers, as I you know, there's I mean I could write a book on the prayers of my mother, and I learned a lot. As as we are living from the prayers of the Apostle Paul this morning. I learned to all from the prayers of my mother. And a year ago I wrote a poem about just, I mean, and I'm not, I don't like poems, but it just came on me, it was a moment of creativity. And I thought, I'll share this poem with you this morning. Can I do that? Let me do that. I wrote a poem that in some form or way reveals the lessons I learned from my mother and I thought, I, I, I haven't said this to her, I thought I want to, so pray with me, my prayer is that one one day when I read this poem, she will also be in the room listening. But I, I made a resolve, exactly, almost a year, exactly a year ago, that whenever I get an opportunity to, to order me, I'm going to do that. By the way, let me just share with you, in my role, in my more full-time capacity, I lead a prayer movement here in South Africa. So, from learning from the prayers of my mother to, to being kind of the national director of the prayer movement, and, and, and all I can say is I learned how to pray from my mother. So, I've I, I made a resolve that I, I want to honor her wherever I go. So, 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 um, so, here it goes. This is a poem, so I need to change my. Waking up, growing up, seeing my mother, praying. Begging, inviting, commanding, encouraging, praying. Moving on, trusting God, living in, living out, praying. Darkness, fear, hunger. Emptiness, lack, despair, desperation, nothingness, failure, disappointment, always pray. Rising sun, shining sun, setting sun, any day, teammate, glasses on, Bible open, eyes shut, dreaming, dreaming. My mother, pray. Darkness, fear, hunger, emptiness, lack, despair, desperation, nothingness, failure, disappointment, always pray. Rising sun, shining sun, setting sun, ending day, Teammate, made, glasses on, Bible open, eyes shut, dreaming, dreaming. My mother, pray. Ah. So, as I said, there are great opportunities that, that open up when we open ourselves up to God and to, and to His love and we abandon ourselves in His presence. And we think about, especially for those of us that are parents, we think about our kids. Yes, they will learn a lot from us when we give them instruction. But I want to say to you, they will learn a lot from us when we are ourselves and we stop focusing on them, but we focus on God. I am also reminded that my daughter is sitting here; she's 16 today. But I remember when she was somewhere maybe four, and um, and we. We we used to pray together. We I mean I'm I'm sad to say we don't do it anymore. She's now too grown up for that. But we used to pray together every night and I would hold her in my arms and, uh, and we'd pray and then I would let her now attend now to pray and she would then pray. And one day I was praying and obviously I'm addressing God as the Father, and now it's her turn to also do it. And then she stops me doing her sentence and she looks at me like she had, had this moment of revelation, and she says, "Dad, you've just called God father, and I'm also calling him father. He shouldn't he be my grandfather? <laughs> so, my mother, he's also your father." And she's like, "So, so I'm your sister then?" <laughs> But somehow, you, you're my daughter. I mean, so I like, I mean, I like you to now explain this difficult thing that God is not your grandfather, and, and you know, he's her father as he's my father. But it was, you know, there, there is something there that, that you know, we humble ourselves, especially those of us who've got some form of authority. When we come to God, it's always in humility. It's always, it brings you down to the level of those that we are with, to, to the lowest level of the one in the room. Because before God, we, you know, we, we, we are, God does not respect our persons. it doesn't respect our your station in line. So we come to God as our Father. Amen. Amen. So then, Paul prays that we may know you better. That we may know the Father better. It is not enough for us to have have, have warm and fuzzy feelings about our relationship with God as our Father. And it's so easy to do that. We are part of a community like ours, worship is amazing. We can just come here and just enjoy the sense of amazing and passionate worship. But it's not enough for us to have those feelings in the presence of God. It's also important that we know experientially and with understanding. There is something that you need to know in your own life because you've experienced the goodness of the Father in your life. You haven't just felt it, or you don't just know. It. The knowledge The knowledge by the Spirit, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation is what we need in this hour. In the greeting right on in verse two, as, as this chapter opens up, in the very greeting, Paul says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are introducing this greeting to God not just as creator but as a father, our father. God as a father is a special relation meaning he has particular and he takes particular interest in you. Not as creator which is general interest. Right on from the from the greeting grace and peace to you from God our father not from God the Creator. So we need to move from a place of knowing God generally, that God is good, but to a place of knowing that God is good to me. Because I've experienced God's goodness in my life. And so I pray this morning that if there is any of us in this room right now who knows that God is good because we've been in enough places and conferences and And Sunday services where the goodness of God is proclaimed, but you do not yet know it for yourself, you have not experienced in a miraculous way the goodness of God in your own life. I pray that you experience that this morning. And God does it through many different ways, as we're going to find out today. He does it through provision in in, in some cases. You are trusting God for something and boom, God provides for you miraculously, and you know that God could it only have been God who did this. In some, in some cases, it's done through healing. It could be healing in your body or healing of a large one, and boom, you know that this is God taking particular interest in me, in something that I desired, in something that I needed. In some cases, it's through a prophetic word. I won't forget a few weeks ago, Dave gave, I mean, it, was, it sounded like a random number. And a few minutes later, someone gets up and says, that is, this has something to do with my business. Like literally something specific to that particular person and boom, a word of encouragement for that person. And so in that moment for them, God immediately takes particular interest in them. And I'm telling you this morning that God's heart as a father is to take particular interest with each and every one of us this morning. By the Spirit we get to know God the Father better and more intimately. Paul indicates that if we are given the Spirit we will then know the Father better, so we need the Spirit to know him better. It is not enough just to receive, thus be merely filled with the Spirit, but we should further endeavour to live and be led by the Spirit. Romans 8 verse 14 the verse says, says that for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So the gateway into this particular knowledge of the Father is, is the Spirit, as we find out in Ephesians chapter one, 1 and 2. But also, it's not just being filled by the Spirit, it's walking in the Spirit, it's being led by the Spirit. That we become children of God, that we live in this, we this 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 knowledge, this particular, uh, this knowledge of God taking particular interest in you as a child, becomes somewhat permanent in your own life. Because how many of you know that it's not just enough. For you to get a prophetic word when you come to church and only know then that, oh, God takes particular interest in me as a child. But it would be more wonderful for me to just know that all the time. To know it when I'm driving to work in the morning that God takes particular interest in me. To know it when I'm busy with my work day that, hey, God takes particular interest in me as a child. So what's no in the middle of the night and I wake up that God takes particular interest in me. So my desire with God, that we would know God as the Father all the time. Not just when we gather together as a community. So God wants to, and, and God wants to reveal that to us. He wants, so those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. Living and being led by the Spirit helps us move from just knowledge, from just knowing to experiencing being a child of the Father there. It's worth noting again here that this greeting starts with grace and peace to you from God our Father. The prayer is from God our Father, grace and peace. So it feels like these are two things that are important for us to receive from God as the Father. At any given point in time grace and peace our Father God is a God of grace and peace and in this greeting Paul wishes for an abundance of that grace and peace God is not God is not abusive it's important for us to know, to know that this morning because for whatever reason maybe talking about just the Father for you it, it brings to memory um, memories that are, not, that are not good. Maybe the whole topic of, of, of just talking about a father in your life is, is not welcome because of your, of your experience as a father. But God is, God is not an abusive God. He does not abandon us. He does not push us down, but he lifts us up. So in, 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 in an area where my own parents might have fallen short in loving, in being there, in being gentle, in providing, and you could add to that list. The Spirit can help me today get to know my Heavenly Father better. To know Him as the Father of grace and peace. No matter, no matter what your relationship might have been, with your heavenly Father, whether it was there, whether it was not. My praise is that the Spirit this morning can help even you get to know the Father, the heavenly Father, better. Because He is a loving God. He is a loving God and He is a God who, who loves better than, than what, our, even what our parents could do in their best and best of days. God can do it better. When I started honoring my mother, and I shared a poem, and I think, ooh, what a wonderful mother he had. She was wonderful, but she still had shortcomings. But God, by the Spirit, I pray that the spirit of grace and peace fills my heart and fills those gaps that she left." You know, in some areas, Paul, I think it's in the Book of Corinthians, Paul writes as a father. He says you have many teachers, but you but you don't have many fathers, and I write to you right now as a father. Some of us might have been in church in church um, in church traditions where pastors, where pastors present themselves as fathers. You know that? When where, where, where leaders in that church are, are are fathers and mothers in the law. And so you might have experienced shortcomings in that sense from church leaders who who, 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 were, who were presenting or who presented themselves to you as a father or mother in the Lord, and so it skewed your view of what. A spiritual father or what the heavenly father might be like in in in, in relation to in relation yeah he just you your view know, of, of what our heavenly father's relate the desire the relationship that he desires to have with each of us and so i want to say again to you that the same also applies that god by the spirit his spirit, his spirit of grace and peace can come and fill the gaps Whatever shortcomings, God does not carry those shortcomings that we carry. I also have shortcomings. I keep making examples with my daughter here and she's she's gonna she's gonna crucify me. But yesterday I was I wanted to go into a room and uh, and and kind uh, of remember, I often do that, I just I just Knocking it and walk into a room, just checking, checking. You know, it's just dying at the moment. So my wife is away at the moment. So, um, so just before I knock and realize, oh, she's in, she's in a conversation with, with my wife. So you know, I was about to knock, but I then hear this conversation and I'm like, oh, it's juice. <laughs> <laughs> So I hear something to the sort. don't tell dad that because da 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 da. -da." Okay. And I try, walk away, so I don't hear the rest of the conversation. But uh, she picks up that someone was was eavesdropping. When she finishes the conversation, she comes out hunting for the eavesdropping, And of course, I couldn't have the fact that i have been eavesdropping because she's like, you eavesdropper, you? And so I phone her, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right, I was eavesdropping. What's your mom saying? You mustn't tell me. And so, so she obviously she won't tell you, so I start speculating, so like, oh, should say, is she worried that I won't cook for you, that I am not cooking for you, she's like, no, she worried, you know, so I go through the list, and then, and then I get to, is she worried that I'm shouting at you, or, or something like that, losing my temper on you guys, and then she's like, hmm, it's interesting that you would bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> All that to say, that, I am aware, standing in front of you this morning as a father, that even I am not perfect. Alright? I do have bad days and very bad days. Days where I need to go before the father and, and repent for my shortcomings. And, and even go back to my kids and say, you know what, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to, to, to do that or to speak to you the way that I spoke I, I, I to you. So... Uh, we keep the image of God as, this, as 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 a loving God and as a God who is who is altogether good, who's altogether good, and he's he's altogether there. The, the, there's nothing that can be added or taken away from, from 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 the way that he is, and and we are here and he is there, and and, and yet somehow he chooses to 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 embody us and and um. And to, and to be the extension of that love and that all together loving Father that He is to each other and especially to our families, it, it's just an amazing thing. The Spirit also gives us an assurance that we are God's children and further felt, and felt builds our intimacy with the Father. <clears throat> I think what I'm doing this morning, I'm not just really talking about being a child of God, and I think I'm speaking more in the end of strengthening our relationship with God as our Father. I realize that now as I I listen to myself and I'm I'm going through my notes, maybe that's what the Spirit felt I needed to do this morning. The Spirit gives us an assurance that we are God's children and Father builds our intimacy with the Father. So if you feel like you've been disturbed from the Father lately, you need the Spirit of God because that's what he is here to do and that's what Paul prays in verse 17, that God will give us that spirit of revelation and understanding so that we may know him better. That's the role of the Spirit in this relationship that we have with the Father. In Romans eight verse fifteen it says the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry Abba Father the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children the Spirit himself by him we cry Abba Father the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. There will be moments in your life where you would need that assurance that yes, I am the child of the father. Because life will throw things at you, and and in that moment, you will find yourself standing. Am I the child of the father? And and yes, I am the child of the father. And that knowing that that assurance is by the Spirit. So Paul prays that you have more and more of this spirit to give us. Those assurances, when we need them. Because we do need them, almost every day there will be a moment where you need to know that I'm I'm the child of the Father. I can do this. The word Abba is Aramei, meaning Father. So by the Spirit we cry out, when it says Abba, Father, we cry out, Father, Father. Or better put, it also can be it, it, it also can be the affectionate daddy or papa. I'm thinking of my other daughter Atipa who likes using the word papa. <laughs> so daddy, daddy. By the spirit we cry out to Daddy, Daddy, Papa, Papa, Abba, Father. Another Bible commentator says, um, Abba is an Aramaic and Father. In fact, I can't remember now, but one of these, one was the language that the Greeks, um, the, the, the Gentiles used to use, and one was the language that the Jews would use, the word that the Jews would use in, in referring to, to God the Father. So, so so, when he uses both these words together, when he says Abba and he says Father, what he's saying to them, in other words, is there's none to God, there's neither Jew nor Gentile but all of us can come before Him as Father. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? God is our Father. He doesn't say, I'm only the Father of this side and not this side. But both sides can call me Father. This is not just a distant relationship, but an intimate one. Let's talk about this love of the Father. I don't know, how's it going here behind me? I'm not uh, not good with PowerPoint, I don't know if it was, um, it was working, but anyways, let's talk about the, this love of the Father. And then I'm gonna close, I, I see the time is, I got excited, I'm gonna go through this, one. Quite, I'm gonna try to go through them quite quickly. And it's, an intimate relationship with the Father is rooted in love. Something about God's love. We're just going to go through, and this is not a a conclusive list by any shots. And I thought if we're talking about the love of God, possibly I should have gone into 1 Corinthians 13, but this is not one of those messages. This is not one of those 1 Corinthians 13 messages. And so, if you go home and read 1 Corinthians 13 and you say, "But it didn't touch on that about love. It didn't touch on that about love. That was that was not my intention. I just wanted to." Touch on those things that I felt the Spirit bring to me to touch upon as I speak to us this morning. And so here here's a list. It's nine of them, and I'm going to go through them quite quickly. God's love is sacrificial. And God's love is unconditional. In John 3, verse 16, we find that out. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life whoever another translation says whosoever believes in him so god's love is unconditional but it's also sacrificial because they were introduced to god's love and right there for god so loved the world and the first act that he does in having love the world is to give his his son gave his one and only son God's love is sacrificial, and God's love is unconditional. And if you're a parent in this room, you would know something about that. The amount of sacrifices you have to make for your children. For your children's dreams. And it feels painful sometimes, but let me tell you, for God, it's it's not painful. It's who He is. It's who He is. It comes naturally to Him. So maybe you might be thinking because you came from a, a, a background of lack and you are still living in lack and you're like, oh, you know, I, I can't ask for that because it's gonna be, it's gonna be asking for too much. You know, you are welcome to ask and ask and ask and keep on asking. Luke chapter 18, God, you know, Jesus tells them the story uh, to, to teach them that they ought to ask and keep on asking and not lose heart in asking. He tells them about a woman. A widow who became a nuisance to a judge because she came coming back to the judge about the same matter time and time and time again. And so the judge eventually says, This woman is wearing me up. I have to do something about what she's asking for. Let them, I'm going to end up having sleepless nights because of this woman. So he gives her what she's asking for, he gives the justice. And Jesus says, How much more, your father? God's love is free. Romans 8.15 says the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. God's love is free. A love that is, it, this speaks of a love that is not possessive. There's no punishment for not coming to the Father as it does not demand or command us. Now this is the interesting thing. He doesn't demand or command for us to know him in this particular way. And doesn't punish us when we don't know him, when, when, when we stay in that place when we know about him, but we, we don't know him in particular. There's no punishment for this, so don't feel condemned this morning. Then, ooh, I haven't done this. And now that delights. We we delight in him as he also delights in us. He delights in us as the Father. The Father's love is, is, is such that he cares as God's sons and daughters we discover dependence upon the Father that completes us. And in other places Jesus speaks about this dependence and he often uses a child and he says unless you turn and you become like a little child, you you, you literally cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And, 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 and the running thing there is really dependence on the Father. And that's the invitation there. Depend on God. Depend on God. In your life, depend on God. And that's the gateway into the kingdom. This love that is spring is the love that builds up through discipline rather than tear down, embarrass, or demean. I think I needed to come back to that. Um, keep coming back at holding God against our own shortcomings in terms of parenting and being a father and what we might have received. Because whether you like it or not, none of us, though we might have been to some point, none of us dropped in here from space. We were all born. And, and we all had we are all nurtured into 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 the people that we are. So 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 we all experience these shortcomings from our own fathers and mothers. But the love of God builds up through discipline rather than tear down and barriers to me. Hebrews twelve six says, "For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child." This verse can be used can be misused sometimes as people who, who want you to, to feel condemned or to feel guilty about something or to or to, or, or to think of God and to receive God as a punisher. God is not a punisher. He's not here to punish you. The word punish shouldn't induce fear, for the Lord's discipline is not intended to drive a word between us and Him. Instead, the full punishment for our sin was exacted from Jesus on the cross, meaning that the word is now forever between us and the punishment for our sins in Christ Jesus. We are free from the fear of punishment. But does this mean that God does not guide us as a loving father guides his children through right and wrong or away from danger? No. In his love, he guides us by the spirit. And if we obey, we find that there is even greater life to be enjoyed with the father. You know, sometimes I lose it with my kids, especially my little my daughter, and I threaten. It. I threaten Mr. Spank. Now, and then she looks at me and she says, I'm gonna report you <laughs> to the authorities because you're not supposed to spend, you're not supposed to spend kids anymore. And so it, it's kind of my that that uh, um there used to be a time where even at school teachers would hit us but now by law they're not allowed to hit us, right? But that does that mean that they can't discipline us because they can't hit us with a rope? No. So we can't have just one idea or form of discipline. The discipline looks like this and so whenever I come across the word discipline in strangers, it means that this is what God is going to do to me because this was what was done to me when, when, whenever I was being disciplined. No, God does not discipline like this. <laughs> Instead, what he did was, he did this to your sins in Christ Jesus on the cross, and not to you. And he forever does this to your sins, not to you. To you, he's got wide open wide open arms. But does this mean that he does not engage in you to guide you by the Spirit and you should invite them actually Lord guide me by your spirit to make good decisions. Lord guide me by your spirit to prioritize better. Lord guide me by your spirit to live better. To live better. Amen. God's power, God's love is Ephesians 1 verse 19 says, and is in comparatively great power for us who believe. And actually he then goes on in the, in the, in the following verses to, to, to describe this power. He says that power is like that great power that God exerted on Jesus Christ when he raised him from the dead. That power must be great. And this is God's love for you and I. Available. If you would embrace the fact that you are his, his child and he loves you that much, he loves you with that kind of power, great power. That power that he exerted on Jesus when he raised him from the dead, can you imagine the greatness of that power? And it's all available for you. Is there a situation right now that needs life, that needs resurrection, that is so impossible that you can't see the way out? Great power is God's love for you. Verse eleven of Romans eight says, "He who raised Christ from the dead would also give life to your mortal bodies. He who raised Christ from the dead—can you imagine the life that was required to raise a dead body? And now your body is alive. Praise God, you're not dead, and you need some life in your body, so you don't just need to." the prophecy is that he will give life to your body. So do you think that he will fail to give life to your body when he would raise a dead body from the dead? No, he's not going to fail. He can do it for you. He can do it for you. God's love is redemptive. Ephesians 1 verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. John 3 verse 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God's love is to be shared abroad. We don't receive so much power and so much abundance in love to just hold it all of us to ourselves and not give it away. There's an expectation that we will share it abroad. Ephesians 1:15, in fact, Paul says this: He says, For this reason, Ever since I heard about your, your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, the love for all God's people stood as a, as, as a testimony on their behalf that men, these are good people to be among, to be with, to spend time with. Man, I love these people. Why? For their love for God's people. Their love of God's people is a good testimony on their behalf. This is consistent with Jesus' answer to the question, which is the greatest commandment? When they come to Jesus and they ask him, which is the greatest commandment? In Matthew 22, verse 37, he says, he replies, you must love the Lord God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And he says, the second is equally as important as the first. So they are interchangeable. Love your neighbor. As yourself. God's love is to share is to be shared abroad. God's love is natural. Romans 8, verse 29 says, For those God for you he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. This can be seen as stages of growth. I'm just doing something here that is not necessarily what, what this verse is talking about, but as I read this, I was like, ooh, stages. Imagine a gardener nurturing a precious plant. Like, God, those, God for you, he then moved to predestined, those he predestined, he also called, those he called, he justified, those he justified, he glorified, it's kind of like stages of, I mean, he's watching and measuring this, This growth in you from from being foreknown to being glorified. Like he's taking particular care and interest in you. God takes particular care and interest in his children. (coughs) God's love is provision. Matthew 7 verse 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? finally God's love is welcome. God's love is welcome. In 19 verse 13 then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them but the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such things. The ones that come to the Father will receive the kingdom heaven says, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as this. I'm going to repeat this again. I'm saying this to us this morning. The ones that come to the Father will receive the kingdom of heaven. We simply cannot interrupt the Father from something else more important. For his primary concern is us, his children. The intimacy revealed in our Father is that though we are mirrors as his children, but each of us gets to enjoy unrestricted access to him as though we were the only ones. Amen. so So I want to invite us to come. The Father this morning. Come to the Father. The Father who loves unconditionally. The Father who loves with great power. The Father who loves in a redemptive way. The Father, the Father who is nurturing, the Father who takes particular interest in us, the Father who provides, the Father who is welcoming, the Father who is consistent. Come. Verse 17. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the Spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know the Father better. Can you just say this afternoon?